0: Love
1: Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time. For the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally,
2: emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio.
1: Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Bagel Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study... 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized and their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health increased by 67% with grounding.
3: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, health care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
4: Hey, everyone. Proof here again. I want to let you know that you want to protect yourself against this upcoming food shortage that's about to happen. I know with all this COVID stuff that growing your own food is going to be extremely important right now. So I want to introduce you to my friends over at groundwithagarden.com. And you can get yourself hooked up with a vertical garden that you can grow inside or outside of your house. So if you have a back patio or you don't have room outside, you can grow in either way. And I have a bunch of stuff growing on mine. I have pictures to share. I love this thing. This is the best garden and most successful that I've ever had for gardening for my own self. So let me give you the website again, groundwithagarden.com. That's groundwithagarden.com. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic.
0: Also, I really
4: dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our freedomizerradio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels.
1: Weirdos. The wallflowers. Oddball loser, fish out of water. Speak up. Talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars, there is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are.
5: Hello, all, and welcome to Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as to provide encouragement and tips, tricks, and whatnot to living the barefoot lifestyle. Um, I am your host, Audrey. I've been absent for a while, I know. Miss Phoenix has done an amazing job keeping up with the show while I go through some things and deal with some stuff, but I am back. She will be, she'll be here in just a couple minutes. She's a little busy at the moment, um, but... I want to say thank you for your patience during my extended uh absence, so to speak, and uh hopefully it hopefully you know yeah ain't nobody too mad at me uh I've been just dealing with some things and mentally and physically, and hopefully I'll be back to you in a more uh, consistent manner now. things are looking on me up and up, I suppose. Uh anyway, I am it is a beautiful I don't know where you all are, but it is a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in Ohio. Um we are I think it's like seventy degrees out right now, nice and sunny, beautiful barefoot weather. Um, I mean all weather's barefoot weather for me. So <laughs> So I'm mean, gonna have to really put shoes on except for work. Not really, I mean like I haven't at all. Um I've had a couple this right arguing with me um and i just like to in, uh, inform them you know there are no laws there are no health codes in any of the states. um it is something that i do for my mental and medical physical health and emotional well-being um, and uh, leave it at that typically that most businesses know that they can't even if i tell them it's for religious or spiritual or medical reasons they after that they can't they Cannot legally ask me why or what my religion is or what my health condition is that's causing this. Um, without them, then breaking the law themselves. So, in order to avoid, you know, discrimination charges and whatnot, and that's usually where it goes. I've had places very adamant, and I just contact their corporate and let them know that there's been an incident of. Um, discriminating against me and then not allowing me to enter into premises and typically that figures it out as many know who have tried you know let them know take it back with you with say, oh i'm so sorry this happened to you blah 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 um you know because i recently i've been everywhere barefoot because which is my right to do so um I recently just, this last week, if you can't tell, I know it's been a while since you've heard my voice, but it's a little scruffier than normal. Um, I went to a concert this last week, had no issues getting in barefoot and remaining barefoot the whole time there. Um, They didn't even say a word about it. So yeah, I got to see Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper, Alice freaking Cooper, man. That was amazing. And uh, Rob Zombie is amazing as always. But, yeah, the whole time there I was barefoot, a problem to be had. So just knowing your rights and having the confidence to speak up for yourself is key. Number one, what I tell people, you know, just know that you're in your within your rights and you're not breaking any laws, and don't let anybody make you think that you are. You know, people be like, oh, that's not true. Try and tell you it's not true. Like, well, it is true. You know that that is not against the law to do so. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, if they had tried anything with me, I would have spoken up, but again, like going to the concert, they didn't have, no one said anything about it. they was just were like, all right, another weirdo here, um, and didn't have a problem. Even when I went, when I went a few weeks back, before that, I'd seen uh, Willie Nelson and John Fogarty, and I was barefoot there, too. Not a problem to be had, so just know your rights, stick up for yourself, and, you know, don't
2: do allow
5: yourself
2: to be bullied. Don't yeah. know those things to consume you or scare you from doing um, what's good for you and what's a beneficial option. And hello, Phoenix is here now. A
5: viable option. Um, by the way, for those listening. Um, yeah. yeah, she needed. She uh, just needed a minute, as a we minute. all. I mean, I, my minute took me, what, six weeks? So. <laughs> You're
2: and okay. uh, I don't the time either, so it's fine. I don't know. I, uh, and I was just like, you know, I, especially with me with, you know, like, I just get so into doing routines that sometimes I don't even think about it. Um, but, yeah, as the weather's starting to change, even though we have, it hasn't been that much of a change, like, I'm already starting to see a shift mm. in, like, everything in my hips and in my lower back and my joints in general, like, my one of my ankles has been doing something weird since, like, last night. I had some weird spasm in my right knee at work yesterday. I was like, what was that? And my car was like, what did you do? I'm
5: like, I don't
2: even know.
5: Yeah. I don't know, like an old house foundation settling. I don't know. It just yeah. Sudden, that was weird.
2: Well, and, you know, something, too, I've been thinking more, too, is just, like, reflecting on how like myself and others, like something that's been kind of on my mind this week, like hiding and how, my, and, and also how much we get used to coping and finding ways to adapt to our condition that sometimes that can even be used to invalidate us by other people, but also by ourselves.
5: Yeah. And
2: that can be the hardest one sometimes too. It's not necessarily people around you because if you've got to talks to people like been there, done that, you know, you've got to cut ties with people that aren't going to support you and are they're going to be ableist and crappy altogether. Um, and even if somebody is against your barefooting when it's an accommodation for a disability of any kind, whether that's, you know, like with Audrey with like the ADHD, myself with autism, or with our other issues, you know, that's still ableist. When you are discriminating against someone's accommodation because of your own thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and conceptions around it, rather than listening to them and understanding, well, why is this an accommodation for you and how can I be more understanding? Or how can we have the environments or go to environments that are more safer for this accommodation for you? Because, like, I've been bringing up week after week, you know, one second, let me cough, I'm going to mute it real quick so I'm not coughing y'all's ears. Um, But, you know, something I've been saying is, like, it's not that, you know, barefooting itself is innately a threat. There are threats to safety within the physical environment or social environment that pose a threat to human safety and, you know, pose a threat to us while we're barefooting. And... You know, and that can be, you know, different physical safety threats. And so, you know, I understand that obviously, you know, there are certain environments and places where barefooting is not ideal and there are going to be situations where it isn't safe. But, again, that's not because barefooting is dangerous. That's because that environment isn't safe to do so. You know, I'm not going to go to a construction site barefoot. I mean, I'm probably not going to go to a construction site, like, you know what I mean, like an actual one other than forced to deconstruction on my way, you know, across – Way driving up, you know, along the road or something like that. But I'm not going to go to a full-on construction site. I, I, that's just me personally. But I especially, even if I were to, I wouldn't do that barefoot.
0: No, you know.
2: Um, and so, yes, there are certain times when it's not safe it's not ideal either and so yeah but if you're somebody that you know even wear shoes themselves and you have someone in your life that needs barefooting as an accommodation you know think of ways of how well okay how can we adjust the environment or that we're in you know how can we like adjust that particular environment if possible or how can we change the environment that we go to or we hang out in or you know we're um are having our plans and to better adjust and accommodate
5: or explain the valid reasons for why that might not be a good location to go.
2: Yeah, because
5: uh, but I've had yet so I many. Again, I've done. I went to. Con- I've been to concerts. I've been to the zoo. I've been to amusement parks. I've been to court. I've been to you know medical practices, all various kinds. All of them barefoot, and not a, one of them been able to give me a valid reason for why I should have to put shoes on. There's no policy. Grocery stores, the libraries, you know, everywhere, everywhere, just about. You know, and no one's been able to give me a valid why. Yeah, and why? their opinions, sure, but
2: an actual valid reason, yeah, not so much. Well, yet. And I also wanted to bring up um, a, a, a re, not like a refinisher for this last summer. You know, back in June, the one day that both me and Audrey took off, that proof um, was doing the show. Um, I had gone to a Paramore concert um, in Columbus and super excited. Um, you know. Um, Because, you know, I've, I've, oh gosh, I've loved their band and just Haley Williams in general since I was like seven, you know. Um, And it's interesting though, too, like just a little ADHD like side thing. Um, One thing I've I've realized, yeah, side quest, um, I've realized
5: though with,
2: you know, nannying children, driving them around, like just how much the music I, you know, listen to in general that I'm like, yeah, this is not appropriate. i have always thinking about that. But like Paramore, oh my God, you could always put on Paramore. Always. Always. Because like you know, and so shout out to Paramore and Haley Williams because I just love her. You know what I mean? Like she's such an amazing woman, um, and her solo music is amazing. And I think that you know she's said, you know she said and has done some great things. You know, and I know there was like one controversy over her song Misery Business because some of the lyrics when it first came out. And but that was something that before it blew up on TikTok and the youth, Gen Z, making a big deal about it. A lot of Gen Zs that are younger than me even. Again, they didn't know the context that she was. She was 18 when their third album came out. She was 18 when that came out. She was a hurt girl that was jealous, internalized misogyny. You know, you know, it's me versus this girl rather than you know, you know what I mean. And they want they And
5: everybody to accept that they can change, but they don't want to like you know, except that everybody else is allowed to have change.
0: Yeah. Too.
2: And, and, and I think sometimes too, it's harder for the younger generation because like um, they had to understand the internalization so much because there are times where because of, you know, religious indoctrination in my upbringing, like I did have a lot more of those internalized things than some people my age that were also men that still had their own internalized things because of society, but they didn't grow up in those kinds of environments in the same context. Well, I have other friends that did grow up in those environments, same context, and we've had a lot of those more similar issues, you know, and so I think, too, it's harder for um, even sometimes, too, I have to, like, have empathy and understand that, like, obviously, you know, bad things have never been okay and never should be okay. But when it comes to even, like, women, a lot of their internalized misogyny and putting each other down, especially that we've seen, in the, you know, if you look back, it, like, sometimes I'll do, like, you know, just media wormhole dives of, like, the early 2000s. Because I was I was younger, and I had, like, I had awareness of the culture, but not in the same way that, like, you know, you did, Audrey, right. or that other people, even, like, you know, older siblings and, cousins, and my older sister, my, like, older cousins, you know, and stuff like that, you know, hadn't I did have the same level of, like, awareness and perception for me being, you know. 21 almost 22 now and you know early 2000s i'd have the same you know awareness oh, okay. or there was when i first you know was born i didn't have awareness we were a t- baby i was a baby didn't even
0: know <laughs> oh my gosh
2: you know babies That's don't even bad. realize they have feet yeah you know, at first and then when they figure out they okay, do I it's like a whole that. thing like, yeah. you know exactly because barefoot and also this is barefoot is legal but like on this little like side um tidbit. You know um because i think it's also important to be aware of just so many different things in our society um and then i'll get back to this concert and you know experience with you know whatever we'll get there we'll get back to it though. anyway um the one thing i think is is hard is that you know when i look at a lot of you know even female musicians that had very like just unnecessary beasts and putting down of each other in competitions and also looking at how the media created a lot of that environment to begin with and how, you know, I think it's harder for, and this is like in a way even outside of, I'm even looking at a lot of like the Britney and Christina stuff and yeah. any woman ever in the early 2000s and stuff like that. And a lot of the drama, even it was like, you know, mainstream pop stars and stuff like that, you know, how, a lot of them have changed and they're singing a completely different tune, sometimes literally singing a different tune, you know, Madonna. type of vibe. Yeah. And like, and much and you know, there's, so there's, I think it's hard even for me sometimes, you know, being technically, you know, like, I mean, you know, like an older uh, Gen Z and, but, you know, um, and even just with like, you know, engaging with millennials or having friends that are even millennials, you know, as I'm an adult and getting older, even two more so um, and things like that how there's, you know, this different perception of culture and how much our, you know, our internalization and of uh, massaging and also freeing ourselves from it, how much that has changed and evolved and how, yeah, now, like, you know, like, again, like, even bringing up like Haley Williams' song, Misery, you know, uh, Business by, you know, Paramore, I understand like there, were, you know, there was controversy over that, but one thing I thought was like, really interesting was before you know gen z really took off and we're going on about it on tiktok and stuff like that she had already years ago talked about how she didn't want to perform a song i'd apologize for it because she was an 18 year old girl that didn't realize how much the internal as misogyny was affecting her and her perception right, right. of this other girl that she had a competition over a boy with you know and I, i'm right. pretty sure it's the same one she ended up marrying and divorcing but we're not going to get into that too much um so you know she had a lot of like reflection and like her newer music shows a lot of that like um, the song, Dead Horse, you know, referring, you know, she has the line, like, I, I beat it like a dead horse, and you just keep going at something, and it's just not getting any better, and, you know, she had a line that was like, you know what, I got what I deserved. I was the other woman first, which I think is a bit of her regret and sorrow of just the way things, you know, turned out, and I think that it's, like, really great that we're seeing a lot of these older, you know, millennial, um, like, musicians and artists who are... You know, getting closer to forty, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think women are anything. You remember, like women are just, and people in general, I think, are just. You know, I feel like your hottest version of yourself, like in your youth, is when you finally reach like your thirties. You know what I mean? Because I am gonna be honest. I'm the like, I now? We're in That's our thirties, so you've reached your. Oh wow, you know? You're so. Sweet. But you know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> that it's weird that we have this whole like, oh you. Deteriorate in value over time. And I was watching an interview with Cher actually recently. of oh, like a fine wine. Um, where she was like, I'm not going to deteriorate. Because it was like the way this um, male uh, intervie- interviewer was talking about women aging. And literally, are you going to disintegrate? That's what he yeah. said. Not deteriorate, disintegrate. And she was like, what am I, an old car? Like, I plan on getting older. or I plan on right. aging. But I'm not going to disintegrate. And, and this was like an old interview. I don't know exactly when it was, but I mean, honestly, by the latest, probably the eighties, early nineties, I mean, it was probably like the, you know, most recent it would have been, but it was, could have been even a little bit before that. Um, cause again, I, there was no context to the time in the video clip I was watching. It was just something that came up on, you know, like Instagram or something like that. And, um, and so I think, too, like, we're having, you know, very much different, like, cultural shift within the way that we as women treat each other, perceive each other, competing against each other. And I do, you know, think that even some of this could potentially tie into, like, barefooting and aesthetic and things like that even. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, to finish kind of the current thought I'm on, you know, I think it's really interesting we've seen, you know, a big change. And I think it's hard because sometimes I'll have to, like... I'll end up with conversations with people in my own age group, and they're like, oh, I hate all old people. And and I get where they mean. They're talking about the ones that are part of the problem, didn't fix anything, don't want to fix anything. You know, you I want to hear that something woman. that's actually a not-so-fun fact?
1: The average
2: median age of Americans is 39 years old, but the average median age in um, the, in Congress or the Senate or maybe both, I'm sure I remember exactly, is 65 years old. You know, so I get it. When we are looking at that and these old people, career politicians that don't care about us, never really did, especially don't now, um, and probably, you know, aren't in the capacity to do their job in the same way that they should because they're just so out of touch with reality. Like, on so many levels, they don't understand what it's actually like for people. And I think if you're that much out of touch with reality of what it's like for the average American person, you don't have the capacity to do this kind of job, regardless of how old you are. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but, like, anyway, but students like it when people say that. And I and even as a barefooter, sometimes think it's those old, grumpy people that are ignorant or were probably in support of the 1960s anti-barefooting movement that led to all this propaganda. But people thinking that it was illegal, even though it never was. And they like, don't get caught driving. I, mean, I don't know why. Why? What's going to
5: happen? Please tell me, big, bad, guy person. What's going to happen to me? I think.
2: And it's interesting because I've seen how a lot of people that do say more of those fear-mongering, things like that, they are the ones that would have been the children of the 1950s, 1960s. Mm-hmm. And whether it's intentional or not, they definitely are subscribing to that fear-mongering in their daily lives. And so I get it. Yeah. But we have to remember, too. Um, and I can understand where part of it is, like, you know, when, when we are aware of activism, when we think of all those people who have died for our rights. Um, on any level even you know protesters america's fighting against fascism in our own country historically you know again those are people that never got to make it to be old and so i think that adds to some of the aggression and the anger with those that are older that don't want change but you have to think too i've met so many older women or older people that they're in a position with their health or different things where they can't do the things they want but they support our younger people movements as much as they can they'll still vote you know, in support of change and progression as they can, and, you know, and show that support however they can, but I know some of them, too, are like, I don't have the energy or ability because of their disability, where they're like, unfortunately, the youth do have to take over, but I still support them, and unfortunately, the ones that still, though, are finding and mustering up the energy, yeah, and I think the ones that care about our views as the youth and, and, and that even including, you know, millennials, even though you guys are, you know, when you 30, uh, late, you know, or well, it depends, it depends where you're at, Cause like some of you guys are getting into your late twenties, your late twenties to early forties, you know, um, that, you, you know, including you guys, not just, you know, us Gen Zs or whatever, including you guys as well. And, you know, and even Gen X, the forgotten generation, you know, there's some, you know, there's some back and forth with even that. And, you know, um, but I think that there are a lot of those that are in support, those who are older who are in support of us, they want us to have our voices so they're not taking up that space. They don't, you know, but then, of course, the ones that are mustering up the energy for just hate and violence are the ones that are the problem, you know, and it's because they don't want the younger voice to take over. And so I've had to uh, have, you know, some compassion. But even, you know, having great-grandparents, um, even though my great-grandmother has passed away and, you know, we just... I'm, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that she's, you know, at peace, but I know that, you know, and growing up with them, um, just how much they supported my rights and women's rights and supported, you know, just it was a true freedom and equality for everyone, you know, that gave me a lot of compassion and understanding, and again, they're the, you know, end of the Great Depression Age age group, like I don't know exactly what you call their generation, but you know they were literally born at the end of the Great Depression and during you know and growing up during you know the New Deal era and you know they and those that didn't agree with boomers, a, they were
5: the actual baby
2: boomers. Well, I mean, technically they're before the boomers, but Nana? no, I was talking about uh, my great grandparents, like nanny and or not nanny, yeah. granny and poppies and oh, generation. You're, you're good.
0: great. You know? No, you're
5: good. Yeah, they were from the Depression. They they were ma- born in the Depression era, and then your grandparents are the actual baby boomers. You know, when you talk
2: to them boomer, if that's actually the generation you're talking about, not my generation, thank you very much. Yeah, and we're I know. not a boomer. And I know, and I think I mean, it's where I'm there are some, boomer. and we have to remember, too, that some of Gen Z's who are their teenagers still. They, you know, they're not fully... Understanding, but I think we need to remember and also thank both those who are still alive and those who have, you know, died fighting for equality, um, however that looks like, especially those that are never acknowledged for the equality that they mm. fought for against fascism, you know, and really just have that understanding. And, yes, be mad at the older people that are the problem. Be mad at the old people that are the problem because you're not you're mad at them because of their age. You're not mad at them you're and, and because of their role. age. You're mad at them because of the, the problem. And so, but still, you know, having that compassion, understanding, and, you know, there are more older people that I'll, like, have occasionally met just in contact with the past um, couple years of, you know, my early adulthood that, you know, are more supportive of true equality than, you know, I was even expecting. Or even if they, and some of them too can admit, yeah, they grew up thinking that old rhetoric was okay because they were taught it and they realized in adulthood it wasn't right and, you know, and, and focusing on how and you know in their journey and they can share their journey of doing the work the best they can and i think sometimes too we forget that when it comes to like internalized misogyny like going back to what i was saying that a lot of them like this was the normal it was okay and they were young and the thing too is like i think sometimes too like with healy williams and Paramore, like making music for 20 years people forget that she was 13 when she first got signed on and she was 15 when their first album came out when they first started touring and so a lot with these younger musicians and artists you know as women as long as they're taking accountability like of course like that's what they need to be doing remembering that you know this was a part of their trauma and what the in the media and this is a part of all perceptions that we're trying to move from now of course if they're still engaging and being the problem then that's a problem you know and then go after the people who are the problem we met at the problem, um, not, not people. And I know she did bring back the song um, for their tour just because fans wanted to hear it so bad, and, and she kind of felt, had the face with the audience that they were, they didn't have those same, like, those old rhetoric and ideas, mm-hmm. and said it's a nostalgia thing. And um, they, because I think she didn't play it for years, and then this tour with them finally touring again, they did bring it back. Um, because fans just wanted it here so much, especially the millennial generation that grew up off of it or it was such a hit song during their, you know, youth and stuff like that. Even though, again, a lot of them have done the work and they don't have those perspectives anymore. And it just goes back to their teen years of how oh, that man. internal and I, think that, and I think it also rep- can represent like, well, that internalized like misogyny that consumes our youth There's a, the, the because of society. Thing. Right. You know? Sorry. I don't mean to really like hear the mentality of it, though. Like, I hear,
5: I'm a school teacher, but I still hear school, Alice Cooper start singing schools out, even time my school's been blown to pieces. Yeah, these days, it's probably not a good thing to say, but, like, that
2: was, that, that was a songy room. And that, that, was, song. Yeah, and, and that I, was the Gen X frustration what? of how schools were this failing this them. That this was this the anti It no, wasn't no. about... It wasn't It wasn't, even the it wasn't written back the then for today. Yeah, it wasn't it was written back then for back then. And it wasn't about... Um, and the song wasn't intended to support, you know, this violence that's happening <laughs> yeah, in yeah, schools. Was school it was an like anti-establishment, no. anti-government. anti-government through the system and because of how, you know, a lot of Gen X, especially those that were neurodivergent, Mm. you know, were let down and failed and being neurodivergent, having trauma and as well as physical disabilities are the biggest gateways to drug and substance abuse issues other than, you know, chemical genetic addiction too, of course. Um, And those things can factor in together and um, how a lot of Gen X, you know, it has passed because of, overdose because of the ways that they were let down yeah. a lot of them were neurodivergent too and especially when you know talking to you know those of that generation that I know in my family or in my life when they talk about their experience with other people it's like these are people that were neurodivergent that were misunderstood a lot of the times or they were deeply traumatized had no resources had no support they were let down by you know schools and stuff like that and we need to remember to have empathy with those that have lost their lives to substance abuse or addiction because you know there are systems within our society and structures that push people to these things and push you know this generation in particular to those things and that's why you know they're often referred to as the forgotten generation because unfortunately most of them are not here today right. either and I think it's important for us to understand each generation's um, generational trauma within society and within family structures to in order for us to really heal and overcome these issues within society. And learning to have the understanding of where each generation can recognize and empathize with each other's pain and then come together and focus on the real problem instead of blaming each other or blaming, you know, each other for your weaknesses, blaming each other for addiction or blaming each other for um, mental health issues and being sensitive, fo- focusing on the real enemy instead of focusing on the things within our system and within society and within structures that create issues within us um, that push people to substance abuse issues, suicide you know this is also a suicide awareness month you know and and um, and also you know to just push people to these you know impossible places yeah. that you know become almost impossible to escape or impossible to and I don't know, I didn't really intend to speak on that today, but I think it's a really important like, healing thing to bring up, and I think the more that we connect with the earth and the more we connect with the land, understanding the generations that have been on the land, the generations that have interacted with the land, the generations and the generational unchecked capitalism and um, eco-dumping, you know, just harmful dumping within our environments and ecosystems and how these things have impacted the land, our relationship with the land, our understanding of the land, our relationship with outside, our fears of being barefoot outside. You know, yeah. all of these things are so interconnected, and I'm sorry that if it doesn't seem that way, you know, the way I'm explaining these things to other people, because I know like the hyperconnectivity in my brain is a beautiful thing, but it's also, you know, I can lose people a lot, you yeah, know.
0: That locks me. I have to one.
2: And um, no, you're good. I just mean even for other, you know, listeners, if I'm not, Got you know, it. out there other than, you know, Audrey right here That's that are just, a little, you know. A little, a little, yeah, that's it
0: is
2: all we, yeah. every time you figured that out. <laughs> <ever>. uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I am a grass. Okay, I'm getting my cow or my cow time. Oh my gosh, I am. I meant to say, I'm a cow. I'm getting my grass time. <laughs> oh my god, the apraxia oh, of god, speech. In oh, the apraxia of speech. Be like, no, <laughs> I'm a. Yes, I am a cow. I'm getting my grass time. But I think it's you know really important to, you know with you know barefooting, birthing rights, and understanding the stigma and the propaganda. It's also really important to understand the generational factors and fear mongering and misconception as well that have played into these uh, things that still play out today. And it's interesting because I think interacting with different generational age groups when barefooting or with um, you know barefooting, especially in public, oh. My laptop gets text and sometimes it's loud. Um. There we go. I muted it. But um. Anyway, um. we was going with this? You know, I think I, you know, I, I have different experiences, though, like interacting, I've noticed even too sometimes with just in a different, in general, say not entirely all the time, because um, there are different examples that counteract that and surprise me. But so, you know, I'll have interactions with different. Um, people of different generations and age groups, and there's usually a more general experience to expect, you know? Unfortunately, yeah. there are a lot of people within the boomer generation, that again, growing up in the 1950s and 60s when there was, yes, there was that Western counterculture movement, you know, also called the hippie movement, but there was also, again, the backlash of mainstream traditionalists, um, you know, puritanists, you know, and I, like it was just that, you know, those cultural purity ideas, that, you know, we're pushing back from these things. And so sometimes you can tell which people really subscribe to those thoughts sometimes based upon, you know, those older people interacting with them. And, but then sometimes too, it's like with, you know, Audrey's generation, you know, older millennials. A lot of them are a lot more open-minded, but you can still see how they grew up with a lot of those fears ingrained. With they're open to it, but they a lot of them will still think it was illegal at one
0: point, right, right. or
2: they'll still have some of those like little mini micro, not like microaggressions, but those micro fears that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? That it just is like, even though they're open and supportive of it, they'll just kind of give a, you know, just... And it's just, like, sharing these things is, like, oh, it's ignorant, but it's not ill-intended. It's just miseducated, misinformed, um, where they'll be like, oh, well, it's not legal now, but it was at one point, you know. And I'm like, no. No, no and and also, again, at the same time, a lot of millennials, you know, the younger ones, older ones, whatever, a lot of them are a lot more open-minded to hearing the new information, while a lot of, fortunately, boomer generation, a lot of, if they're ignorant, then it's hard to really have a constructive conversation with them in the same way, but at the same time, there are boomer old people that I know that are barefooters and nature lovers and are all for, you know, Barefooting, right. even if they don't do it themselves they support it while we'll also meeting some older people that do um i have a couple neighbors that i've seen around that barefoot you know um and so well when they're out walking their dogs or whatever you know and so i mean there are a lot more people too around you that'll do it you know and are, and are probably more open to it than you might even think you know for anyone that's anxious or worried or you know, whatever you know or maybe those thoughts are maybe kind of holding so you back until you try, you know, there are more people that are okay with it and open to it than you probably think. Um, and yeah. it's about, you know, removing those fears and their shame because of other people that have put those on you. Um, we can run a quick ad break. It's, uh, you know, two Oh seven. Um, now we can go ahead and run a quick ad break and then I'll come back and kind of talk about the concert experience. And then um, with, that and stuff like that with like barefooting, wearing shoes, that whole thing. Um, that I was going to bring up, and then, um, I think there was like something else I wanted to bring up events with like barefooting and things like that.
0: will think um,
2: about what it was. So, I'll go ahead and run a quick ad break, and we'll be back with Barefoot is Legal Radio after. Um, And remember, uh, Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as community support and other information and topics surrounding barefooting.
4: Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them so everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myth and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media.
2: I've heard stories from teachers in classes where their students are grounded that they have half the level of referrals for discipline. Some students who were in tears because they were experiencing success when before they were experiencing failure with their behavior and discipline. I've heard stories from teachers with autistic children who have been grounded where they have less of what they call the meltdowns and the meltdowns are less frequent and shorter and they come back into the classroom and they're learning more than they had learned prior to the grounding. It's amazing what happens, not just with the teacher at the front of the class, but what can happen with a student sitting in the class. And just think if every single student and every single teacher and every single classroom and every single school across this whole world was grounded.
3: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
4: Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty... You can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one set deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Martie.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good fields.
1: Just as ungrounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications, there's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices. EMF stands for electromagnetic field.
4: We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields, from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged inside of our bodies. We get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you.
3: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
1: Freaks. Outsiders. Weirdos. The wallflowers. Oddball loser fish out of water. Speak up. Talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are.
2: legal radio barefoot is legal is a 501 c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle sorry i'm speaking a little too fast um and here on the radio show you know we talk more about general topics um support community and for empowerment ideas and respect around uh barefooting um so talking a little bit more about, you know, like generational um, views and things before the ad break and um, also how that relates to the earth a little bit. Um, But I know we were, uh, Audrey started talking about uh, different experiences with, you know, different places you've gone, barefooting and stuff like that. Um, And some of those being concerts. Um, And I did want to get into the concert that I went to in, in June. So I went to go see Paramore in Columbus in June and, um, really great ex- experience um, in general. Um, it was definitely frustrating, be- just for me with my different um, issues within my health, even within my um, like ADHD autism experience. Simply because I was just very overstimulated at the time.
1: Um, and I
2: think since then I've like been figuring out more how to accommodate for myself.
5: Um, Sometimes I need to put my AirPods my in my AirPods in just to kind of change the tone enough to not break my nerves even if it's somebody that I really really like
2: yeah so
5: yeah definitely
2: yeah and I well I was frustrated because I had all, all I had was like earplugs at the time but they just took too much out and it made me realize how much I listen to music like I'm already kind of picking up and listening to things within my own neurodivergent experience with sounds some ways that other people don't and how much that is like crucial to how yeah. I experience music and it's hard because it's like with music I especially with ADHD you know I can be a sensory seeker and, you know, music is a very big way of sensory um, control, but also sensory speaking. And so yeah. other noises that I just wouldn't like as much loud or bother me as loud, you know, can seem kind of con- contradictory because of the type of music I listen to. But also like a lot of people within the ADHD autistic experience have a lot of this experience where it's like it's different because you have control and there's also routine. I listen to the same things over and over again. and 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 a lot of music I listen to, there's sensory seeking there. It's some music that you can easily stim to decompress and sometimes stimming for me, you know, it can even cause pain or more issues with my body. But it's something I have to do that you don't always have control of and be able to do that with music and stuff like that, even though it may, you know be painful at times too like it's something that if I don't do it'll cause more issues even within my physical body with my fibro and the way that my fibro being neurological and central nervous system nerve based as well as you know interacting with ADHD and autism what that can do and so it's really hard to you know understand these different things and navigate them Um, and so you know going to this concert and you know even the other two concerts I'd went to in the past um, over the years Like just realizing how much it was just like being overstimulated um, with, you know, just too loud. It's it's a very different environment than when I'm sitting in my car, sitting in my apartment. Yeah, and there's a a lot more going on. I realized how much, there's just so much more visually even going on. Even without my photosensitivity issues, there's just a lot more going on visually with tracking. There's so much going on um, and things like that. And so it was a great experience, but it was one of those things that was also... Part of like my, my own learning experience with understanding my own neurodivergency, and so I originally had. Um, uh, sorry, it's my no, it's the thing on the computer. And we're turning on. Um, but I had originally uh, gone wearing shoes because again, it was Paramore. I didn't want to risk them not letting me in right. at the concert. Right. This is like a band that I've been listening to and obsessed <laughs> since I was like seven. You know, I just didn't want to risk the. And potentially being like, oh, you, you did not come in. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm seeing them at all costs, you know. So that was one of those things where, um, again, like what that would have been for my autism, the meltdown that I would have had to live through if they told me I couldn't be in their barefoot and didn't have shoes on me. Oh, like right. that is a way that I was accommodating for myself in that experience, in that moment, although it involved me putting shoes on. because I was like, if this doesn't happen to work out, like I already know what, how this is going to be You know me. yourself
5: enough to know a meltdown is going to happen. It's, yeah. You weighed the risk,
2: pros and cons
5: for yourself. Yeah,
2: and also knowing how important is this experience? Like for me, I, yeah. I
5: stuck a pair, I stuck the pair in my bag, like they just said, my the picnic blanket umbrella for just in case, you know, water bottles, whatever. I was in that way if they weren't going to let me in, I was going to put them on until I got inside and then take them off again. Yeah. But no, same story. Like I make sure, like, yeah, I wasn't going to miss Alice freaking Cooper and Rob Zombie. Yeah, no. Over it, over it.
2: Yeah, yeah. and I think it's true about understanding, and I'm sure even with your ADHD, what these sensory experiences are for you and, you know, the importance um, of it even to you in general, and even as people in general recognizing how important it is is event or thing to us. And that's not about paving in your barefooting experience or doing it for other people, but instead doing this for you.
1: Because you don't know.
2: And sometimes, too, it's harder with concerts because depending on things like that, they can have varying, stricter policies around certain things depending on... You know, even sometimes the request of the artist, band, whatever, but even sometimes to just the venue themselves. The the venue I went to was on a college campus. And so even being on college campuses with those type, with it being a concert type event, you know, they can have their um, own rules. Like, we weren't allowed to actually have the water bottles even because of the safety threat that could be. When I went to see,
5: a few years ago, I went to see Rob Zombie with Marilyn Manson. And Marilyn Manson had a thing where you weren't allowed to take your water bottles in. Apparently he got one thrown at him at a concert, and I can tell you why—it's because it's garbage. So that's the sad point. <laughs> um, anyway, we were allowed to take them in; they were either going to make us dump them or put them back in our car. <laughs> so again, this is Rob's dummy Same, same exact pot as Rob's dummy without Cooper administering filters. Let's not not give them the credit. I mean, don't mean to leave anybody out, but they're also freaking fantastic. But anyway, they had no, We were allowed to take the water bottle—the giant water bottles—in with them, you to, to boot. You know, so it's like. I still wanted to be, make sure I was
2: prepared. Simple water bottle they understand that person's probably going to want that back mm. even too so i've seen where some people well they check you before you even scan your... your ticket because there's no re-entry mm. if you leave you cannot get back in without buying yeah. another ticket when i and it's, and it's i think it's ironic because i'm like well i feel like with a reusable water bottle if you're in a pit like in a mosh pit like you could do potentially more damage because yeah, there are times when like people, people you think do, even if they're not show. trying to be destructive i know in another issue sometimes people get excited sometimes Yeah, sometimes artists, I've, I've seen artists Oh, methods. no. It's People chance, like, don't, that. I th- th- you ha- sometimes have people, especially, again, this is, and I can even understand this as someone who's autistic, when you're experiencing autistic joy, you can have a tendency to throw your hands a lot, maybe accidentally throw something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so I can understand even, too, it's different. Um, disabilities different things like that how a person could be more at risk and so even I've seen some artists bring it up how some people when they do it it's not intentional and it's not um yeah. that they're trying to make the artist feel unsafe or they have any is it, sometimes too it's them trying to be seen or again those you know um self-regulating control issues that can show up with different conditions and things like that when in those type of ex, um energy impact you know what I mean like they're just an energy um it's charged environment accident.
0: It was and a, it could have
5: so, been accident, Although I promise you, but was, um, depending
2: on the artist some too, it's probably not an accident. You but you don't know when is it you know, even if it's not even if it is an accident, well, that's still something that hurt. threatens them. they their safety. Hurt. I mean, so even if a, a person, a car accident lately? Yeah. So that's know, what I'm saying. Even if a person doesn't mean it intentionally, that's still a boundary they have to set for their safety Yeah. and things like that. But, again, depending on the different venues and things like that, they can have different rules, safety, worried about something coming back on them and stuff like that. So I ended up going and wearing my shoes, but when we were at our seats, I ended up taking them off because it was just too much. And physically, even just, you know, it was just a different issue with, the, you know, my physical body as well as just being mm-hmm. way too overstimulated already and it just making it worse. Right. Um, and so, and when me and my friend had gone to the bathroom, you know, I didn't have them on. I just had socks on and cause I kept my socks on just for my own personal preference, but in general, but, um, which it's your prerogative. That's my prerogative.
5: <laughs> I didn't see my cute dance. You, <laughs>
2: but, um, you know, I still oh. had taken my shoes off and, you know, on socks, you know, workers. Um, especially since you know the band was playing, there weren't as many people in there as like when people first come in and it's like super packed. You yeah. know, while everyone's getting, you know, going to refreshment stands or whatever for whatever reason, or going to the bathroom, or you know, waiting until the main band's on, or finding their seats, or figuring out where they're at. You know what I mean? Whatever. There's so many different things going on, and so I mean, it was definitely obvious. We had gone to get water and they gave it to us in the cups because they and they about how there wasn't they weren't able to use the bar bottles and how it was even something that was requested by the artists as well. Hmm. So again, I respect. Well, whether top, if you
5: throw it, a lot of people are going to go to the splash, but if it's a bottle, you can put a cap on it and it's going to hurt. It's going to yeah. hurt.
2: And, and even, and even too, I've seen different artists and interviews bringing up how it's also not even just a safety thing in terms of for themselves, but even for other um, people in the crowd. And especially when, you know, people are in, you know, the pit and, um, or in, you know what I mean? How people can get, you know, mm-hmm. aggressive with each other and things like that. And how it's not even just about the artists, about the safety of other people. I know that like even Paramore <laughs> before, really we, well, and, and Paramore too, i this did that before That's why I left. No, you're good. And this was, and, and, and Paramore, there's a thing on like TikTok I had seen where someone had reported during one of their shows. Um, Haley Williams ended up pausing the concert because there were people that were getting, you know, too aggressive in the pit that were making other people feel unsafe and it was causing an issue and some people were making it very clear that they wanted these people to leave and you know, she was just like, hey, this is not the time and place for this. Like, you're, you know, being rude, you know, just calling them out. But also, like, you need to take care of your issues somewhere else. Not trying to be right. dismissive and say, hey, maybe, you know, maybe there is a real problem here, but this is not the time and place for it. We can't bring other people and risk their safety in it, you know, because I think it was, like, two people this in particular. Everybody. And I have seen this on TikTok, but this was before, and I, again, I don't remember if I saw this before or after I saw them, but, like, the video was dated and things like that. Um, and it was a, something, a video a fan had taken um, themselves, and you could tell from the video, you know what I mean, <laughs> and stuff. Um, and But anyway, and so I don't remember when I saw that even if I did see it before, I didn't even think about it until the guy uh, that was working said something about the bottles and how we couldn't need to take them. Um, or even if we took the bottle, we couldn't have, like, the cap or something like that, but they put it in cups. But I was, like, I, there was more water in it that would fit in my cup and so i was like trying to finish it and you know and i was like would i be able to have a cap because i don't want to spill it because i was thinking i don't want to make a mess mm-hmm. you know i'm an accident prone girly for so many reasons um right spilling things everywhere that's that's my prerogative okay <laughs>
0: you know like
2: uh um, the word of the day is <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a word it's a phrase yeah. uh and I just pick a pretty every time right <laughs> so i said it that way but anyway, um, you know, it just so I didn't even really take that into consideration either. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to understand that, you know, like there can be different, so many different issues of safety, even at, you know, concerts and events and things to bring up, you know, and that can be a risk with any, you know, big public event and stuff like that. But well, I
5: thought it was as, funny because same, when I went, they mm-hmm. didn't mean to take a water bottle on, but they did not give two hoots about my shoes. Literally, I went in barefoot to that one too.
2: They didn't get around that. But so. again, they probably looked at, and again, I think it depends on the workers, you know, their training, their awareness, the policies, whatever. Right, right. But, you it's know, where sometimes they probably looked at, it like, well, that's more of a personal liability than yeah, you know, having a water exactly, bottle, exactly which would be a liability is. to another it's just, it's you funny know, to me. person, the audience, another, you know, the artist, whatever. Right. And so, like, I think where a lot of people do look at barefooting as more of, like, a personal liability, but I think sometimes people can kind of be very against it more so because they're worried about it coming back on them as an employee. They're worried about it coming back on, you know, the venue and then that affecting their employment or whatever, or just in general, they're just worried about missing something, not doing their job correctly. And, you know what I mean? So it's not always about just wanting to be negative or anything like that or trying to be discriminatory or anything like that just instead, you know, having more of that safety in mind. And so I think it's important to be able to have those conversations and for other people, you know, to who even if they who aren't barefooters, to be more understanding and open to having that conversation and things like that because, you know, and, unless it is an, agla- an, an issue of negligence on, um, the, you know, the company the shopping, and the venue yeah. or whatever, you know, barefooting is personal liability, but yeah. most people don't realize that or they're worried about lawsuits or this or that that they don't realize and so i ended up not having any issues um wearing my socks but you know i um i had someone that said that they were like that was one that, um, that had seen pictures that i had posted um where in the bathroom with one of my other friends um you know, just wearing just socks, and they're like, oh, that would have made me nervous, like, you know, being at that kind of venue, and so I think, too, it's, like, different people also have, and that wasn't them having anything against it, they don't have anything with right. it, fair, but I think they are more so talking about themselves, and their own experience, and remembering, too, that different people have their own levels of comfort, their own right. levels of anxiety, with their, you know, their own issues of safety, and things like that, people have their own perceptions of things, and it's not always about trying to tear people down, but more so about we're all the different people with our own experiences and our own um, thoughts and fears and, you know, just everything. Right. And And that's what it's all about, too, is
5: before you start to get ugly with somebody or be all negative about it, remember, they're not you. Mm -hmm. They're not you. You're not them. You know, yeah. we all have our own we all have our own choices to make. And if that's not a choice you'd make, okay. But that doesn't mean everybody has to make the same choice you would make.
2: And that goes for either way, whether that's wearing shoes or barefooting. You know, we're not here to bully or tell people exactly. you have to get
5: out of them. But
2: instead to, Show us you know, the same
5: respect and don't try and make us wear them.
2: Yeah. And also understanding that there is more to it than just, oh, I'm trying to rebel. Yeah. I just
0: telling wear you shoes. And, and that's your reason you care. And the and, that's and reason who cares. And also,
2: again, the funny thing about that is, oh, you're just trying to rebel. The only thing I, you know, I'm rebelling against by being barefoot or being barefoot in public spaces is ignorant people's opinions, perceptions, belief systems, fears, and fear mongering. Right. I'm not breaking any laws or health codes. What am I rebelling against? I'm not hey. even rebelling against the government right now. Like I'm not rebelling against the health department. That's I'm not so rebelling. Against like they don't care. Why are you? Other than other people's fears misconceptions and ignorances so you know there are oh, no laws against barefooting. there have never been any laws or health codes against barefooting yeah. and unfortunately a lot of that um propaganda that rose up you know from traditionalists you yeah. know during the counter western counterculture movement in the 1960s and 50s you know those traditionalists and their rhetoric and propaganda unfortunately although although i mean fortunately it never became law but but even though it didn't become law, unfortunately, a lot of people still think it did. Yeah. You know, they're still under that illusion or that um, impression that it's illegal, yeah. even when it's not. And I think it's just really important for us to remember that even people who are ignorant, like that is something that they're suffering from. You know, depending yeah. on what it is. Cause, and there are different levels of ignorance. I mean, people are, there are people, I mean, too, there's people that are that. just uneducated. There are people that are unfortunately caught up in believing illusions and propaganda and still dip- fully ignorant. And, and there are different levels to that. But, you know, people that have no hate behind it but are just genuinely uneducated, like, you know, that is an illusion of and a propaganda that they're still suffering from. Yeah. You know, and obviously hate, though, is the biggest poison in our society. And um, there's no justification of that. There's no, you know, empathizing with hate, really. But at the same time, you know, we understand that not everyone who's ignorant is hateful either. Yeah. Some people are just uneducated, especially when it comes to barefooting and body autonomy. And But at the same time, you know, people who are hateful, like that is, a, they're, 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 they're their own genre of people to deal with. You know, but I instead just learning to have empathy with people that aren't hateful but are just uneducated, how can you contribute to that conversation in a way that's helpful? And I know sometimes it's incredibly hard when you're in an emotionally charged place or you're already anxious or worried. And um, and so it's about just kind of figuring out that balance, which is everyone's own thing to figure out. You know, I'm, I can't give right. everyone the perfect recipe. Um, I'm still perfecting the recipes of my own life and they're I nowhere guess. near perfect <laughs> yeah
5: there it is sure. the only, um, only ingredients you need right <laughs> kindness help and un Unjerkiness.
0: non i am so tired sorry
5: I'm no tired. you're no, good, good.
1: Maybe yeah, it's
5: I interesting two weeks for me i know it's uh i already paused this earlier and whatnot but it's just there's just been some mental and emotional and physical things I've been going through and just trying to get better there's no way to be matter yeah do you feel like
2: and how do you feel like um if you feel comfortable talking about it how do you feel like barefooting adds value to your life through these things?
5: Um, so, it 100% helps things feel better mm-hmm. like the times like even at work like I had so many near breakdowns where it's like all I need to do is just pop my shoes off <laughs> you know, or you can sit it down, um, or, and, and whatnot, and, and just, just be for a minute, like, I couldn't, wearing shoes at work, I've been wearing them less when they're not looking, because, oh, bee, that's my coffee, I was going to you take a drink, in too, you put sugar, they just can't help themselves, I was getting ready to take a drink of my coffee, and there's a bee right on the mouth part of my cup, I want to drink, Okay, he can have it. Um, he's very determined to be... Anyway, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, barefooting has definitely helped me to, whoopsie, get through it.
2: Yeah. you feel that it um, helps ground
5: you? Definitely, in definitely. Yeah. Um, finger and hot wax, guys. Don't
2: ask. <gasps> How?
5: Um... Clear No, but it is. Clearly it's not making things all better, but <laughs> but it helps.
2: Um Yeah. I I, to, you know, you're good. good. No, I, don't, I, I was just wanted else. you to build also have the opportunity to kinda of share more of these things and kind of give me more directed questioning because so I know when like the executive function's not functioning, you know. Right.
5: Yeah, it's uh um, it's just there's just been so much and it's like I've been trying pulling my mental health up out of the trenches has been tricky business lately. Always, so it's just lack of you know not even like it's basically I've been in a full on depression for weeks and fighting battling with that and trying to not you know and it gets so serious like dark serious but yeah. like it was. Just I didn't want to do anything. Like She's even feeling very zombie-like. Yeah, like even there were even times where I had to make <laughs> myself go hike on my hiking days, and you know what that means? That's never good. Cause like I go hike on my non-hiking days, you know? it's Yeah. It's uh, but it's just been so yeah, just been tricky. But like I said, I'm doing my best to get out of it and stay out of it. And, be back
2: on top or whatever yeah. but do you feel like with those days when you push yourself to be out in nature that it just like does end up helping even though you don't
5: want to do it it does it's like you know it's like i just don't want to move i don't want to yeah do anything but like if i make sure. myself i'm glad i did it and it does help but then it comes right it could be the very next day and it comes up the subject mm-hmm. comes up again i'm going like, not want to do
2: it like I've been,
5: I love my job and I love what I do, and I've not wanted to go to work. Day,
2: yeah. like I don't want to go. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I don't sure want to do it. Anyone else that's listening that has like, struggled with
5: depression, or, or and anybody that bad. knows me is like, I don't, I don't want I don't want to be around kids today. Yeah, yeah. which is hard. I don't want to be around kids. and I don't want to be around trees. Those are red flags. Okay, <laughs> like those yeah. straight up. Anybody that knows me, those are red flags. Yeah. Like something's Especially not right. someone
2: who's so passionate about education and your job as you are, and someone who's and so passionate about nature and yeah nature is such a crucial um, stabilizer
5: in your life yeah for so long. and i don't want to go do it like yeah.
2: it's wrong and
5: i understand like i I'm don't wrong. know what's wrong but something and it's been a and then it's like yeah. where i'll get to where i don't even care that something's wrong but like no yeah clearly something's wrong duh what do you want so me to do about have it you have know,
2: the energy within you especially yeah energy no energy. motivation oh, no it so it's too. like
5: but like i know Having the freedoms I have and being able to, you know, barefoot at will and whatnot, and like even my bosses kind of understand. It's like I'm trying to, like I'm trying to stay mentally stable today, you know. And they come by and they don't even ask me to wear your shoes. They kind of like they know, but that means like Audrey needs, she needs a minute, you know. So yeah, at least I have some understanding people in my life that are like, even within your workspace. Yeah, yeah, so they kind of understand better, so it doesn't go to total crap. But it was yeah. pretty close. But yeah, I'm on the mend, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Or not I guess, like I am, but like... But it's never that you simple. Know yeah. So, and I need to find these therapist now, but that's that's another matter.
2: But I think that a lot of that is very relatable for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's hard even as, Um barefooters even when you want to have that time in nature and to have that time to decompress and things like that especially with you know just relaxing you know the nervous system and yeah um especially when you you know have different conditions that already factor into the nervous system you know between you know the adhd the fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. even for myself with adhd the autism and the fibromyalgia like you know it definitely is so important to have those things that benefit your nervous system, Right. But when you're in those, just shut down, low energy, burnout states, it feels almost impossible to even do the things that you know are going to be beneficial to regulating yeah. your nervous system, regulating your body, um, and maintain your well-being.
5: Yeah. Well, and I knew I was having a bad day one day when I woke up, and I, was, mm-hmm. I said, and you know this is a question you will never hear me ask, where <laughs> are my shoes? I even stopped. I stopped dead in the living room. I was like, what did I just say? What am I talking about? You know what I mean? It was like,
2: okay, call the doctor or
5: something's wrong. (laughs)
2: Like, it was weird. Like, in those moments of just you looking for some kind of way of control. Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes later when it don't, sense when don't really weird. make sense in states like that, when you're having some kind of meltdown, whether that's because of the ADHD or the autism, like you can have those states of your executive function or even the craziest things that don't make sense. It's like an, it's in a form of exercise and control. It may be, like but Adeline
5: I know. was it freaked me out. I was like, uh-uh, what? Yeah. Like you my might like, out my care, daughter, so. she's nine, she stopped and looked at me like, what? Like she was confused. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like it was, uh, it was crazy.
2: Yeah. And Sundays gonna really be like that. I definitely agree, though, that like nature is so crucial for regulating my nervous system. Um, whether that's, you know, with physically within my own body, um, emotionally, mm-hmm. um, ment- mentally, cognitively. You know,
5: I went on a 5.61 hike last Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm. It was glorious.
5: Mm-hmm. I think that's when it really started helping turn around for me. Mm-hmm.
2: So that was good. Yeah. I've been, because I've been in a frustrating place where so it's like I want to get back out and hike and stuff like that. But between a lot of things, it's just my... Even my mental health and stuff like that. Even just driving to find, you know, go to a place is just oh, it can be mm-hmm. a lot sometimes. It's when driving is overstimulating enough already. Yeah, um, exactly. especially yeah. the states when I need nature the most is when I'm like I, I don't like being perceived. You know what I mean? You don't really mm-hmm. want to interact. It's just like you've already reached like your overstimulation cap. You know? Oh yeah, we all have our own threshold, and it's different every day. Yeah. And and also, too, just even with my own physical health, I feel like I was in a better place physically in June than I've been since August. You know, I just feel like, and yeah. even, too, as the weather is, although it hasn't changed much, um, like, I mean, it has and it hasn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's gotten a lot cooler. Like, I've even been noticing different the, the on-setting signs of, like, in my body that fall is coming, you Yeah, know? yeah. And, fall is falling. Yeah, and technically we have until September 23rd, um, which is the September equinox, um, until we enter autumn or fall, whatever, whichever you want to call it, in the northern hemisphere while the, you know, southern hemisphere, they, you know, experience, wait, yeah, spring, I think, it's the opposite. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry, my brain. Uh, and, um, so anyway, with that, um, even to just, even when I was hiking, it was one of the things where it's like, I'm, I, you know, can only move for like 15 minutes at a time. And then I just, like, you got to sit for like 20 and then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and when you're in nature and you can find those, you know, spots, um, to sit like, you know, there, you can still get that so sensory seeking, those nervous system regulating benefits. Yeah. That hit a dopamine. Um, Any you know, those things that just really, because even dopamine is very crucial for regulating the nervous system. You know, ADHD and autism are also dopamine processing disorders. And there's so many different other types of dopamine processing disorders. A lot of neurodivergent conditions do tie in directly to dopamine processing and Uh function as, you know, a type of dopamine processing disorder. And... You know, I think sometimes, you know, we can find so much shame in needing dopamine, but dopamine, like, serves a purpose, and even sensory seeking, you know, it serves a purpose to bring you up from where you're at and getting those dopamine special interests serve a purpose. They're um, a crucial source of dopamine, especially within autism. Fixations and special interests, like, work, you know, kind of differently between ADHD and autism. ADHD things are, can, there can be some of those long-term things. So a lot of more shorter-term things. Mm. Well, with autism, those are kind of those. It's a very interest. short half life. Yeah. Well, with autism, you know, and I can I struggle with both, and I can see where some of my special interests over here or are, are things that I ebb and flow and go back and forth between. It's, like, you know, more tied into the ADHD, their short-term fixations, and then the autism having those, you know, very long-term special interests that are very, like, ingrained. And for me, I um, struggle with a lot of, like, selective focus issues in particular with, like, testing and stuff like that. I score very high with that, and I'm sure the ADHD adds mm. to that so much. But even too, it's like these things serve a purpose, and I, you know, and 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 dopamine even itself and sensory seeking serves a purpose. Um, and especially with there autism, they, there's some,
5: they do. Mm-hmm. They, your brain does what your
2: brain's gonna do, and it does
5: it for a reason.
2: Yeah, and especially with autism, there can be this need for everything to have a reason, a purpose, a logical explanation, and so that can, I think, especially if you're someone. Autistic and more of a sensory seeker rather than you know sensory avoidant and people we and most of us you know we all as our own people have our own different sensory avoidance and sensory seeking preferences experiences things that you know we're just like no when it comes to sensory stuff and things that we're like oh yeah you know and and so that can be different for everybody but I think it's really important to for myself to remind myself and for other people that may be having similar struggles that like these things serve a purpose they always served a purpose within your life even when you haven't understood the purpose that it served and joy in itself and play even like those are things that serve a purpose and are very crucial to creativity um you know even just cognitive um stability uh physical stability emotional stability mental stability like it's just important to also have these things to engage if you're putting too much pressure on yourself to be serious or turning your special interests into something that's got to be productive and too serious based upon you know internalized ideas of ableism or capitalism and things like that then like that can really remove and suck the joy out of things and i've been noticing too like with just the way the economy is and social media a lot of people who are ADHD Um, and or autistic, like, are having to turn their special interests into things that are, you know, based Mm -hmm. in money to survive, to try to reach any kind of financial freedom. But then even I've seen a lot of, like, artists, content creators, small Mm -hmm. business owners are kind of going to a full circle of having to put the joy back into those things. Yeah. And having to reclaim some autonomy and and stop going based upon what other people want to see instead of following their vision. Because when they follow their vision rather than what's trendy and, what people want there's actually more value there's more um timelessness even in that you know what i mean because trends are are worse than adhd when it comes to the short-lived fixation you you can make a business out of that and as soon as they say it i'm like "Eh,
5: i don't want to do it anymore Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't want to do anything that other people want me to do
2: and also when you know you have the pda profile which currently recognized pathological demand avoidance um, but a lot of autistic women and even ADHD women, um, but I've seen more so like autistic women petitioning for it to be, stand for persistent drive of autonomy, because a lot of it is more so tied into autonomy. That's the reason why things become demands is because of social expectations. You know, rather than doing it the way you want to and the way that's creative and beautiful when it comes about being about the masses and the collective and not in a divine way, but more in a like a people pleasing, like Put you on this pedestal but you have to live within this role and or because if you shift your weight at all you'll slip right off of it you know when we have these kinds of ideas within you know society and these kinds of like expectations and roles it boxes you in it makes you not want to do something and so okay. i i think and so even, too, when you're like, where are my shoes? That can be a form of you exercising control, even though it's, again, out of character. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that, you know, we you know, can... I
5: have them stay in my car because I put them on at work. I don't put them on until
2: yeah. I get
0: there.
2: Well, and different people can have their own different, you know, experience with the PDA profile. And p- different people can have, you know, kind of both sides of this. You know, either anxiety or aggression is triggered with demands and things like that. And so there, you know, I'm sure there are people that, you know, may have these similar struggles with Rev. But you know, for you, it can create more of an, and I can relate to this sometimes too, it can create more of an anxiety even with barefooting in public. And with these social expectations and worrying and feeling like you have to be prepared for someone else, you know what I mean, trying to come for your autonomy and your control over yourself. And I think sometimes too, if you have PDA issues, when someone's telling you you can't barefoot or trying to be discriminatory, it can especially kind of hit and um, trigger anxiety and aggression in ways that even a neurotypical person may not experience as well, or even somebody without, that may have the same issues, but without the PDA profile is going to experience because, right. you know, but then again, dif- within your different experiences in the PDA profile, or again, if you're someone that just has anxiety or anger issues in general, how you engage with people and they say things like those are going to be very different experience for different people, you know, Someone with right, a agree, profile, yeah. though, might get aggressive. I, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but you have more, you, you know, for you, you know, you tend to show more of the aggression, like, for you, you're not going to tell me what to do, you know? And so, you know, and obviously, you know, you've learned how to not lose it on people at all, you, you know, or, you know, like that Mostly. at all, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Mostly. but from a lot of the experiences that, you know, you talked about, it's like, you're able to still have that balance. And I'm not saying that like you're perfect or putting that expectation either, but of just like having that, being able to be aggressive and be like, I'm not going to listen to you without blowing up. While at the same time, other people can experience anxiety where you just shut down and you don't want to go back. You don't even want to be there. You know, this can trigger a wide variety of things. And so I think it's just Mm -hmm. understanding our own experiences and working through the different things in our head. And I know you know, we talk a lot about ADHD and autism, but, you know, that's a big reason why we barefoot. But a lot of people that I've met, that Audrey's met, um, even people we've had to talk on the show, like Tyler from, you know, Barefoot Autism Challenge. And, you know, he himself has talked on this, you know, and advocates for this because it's, it is a crucial accommodation for a lot of us, mm-hmm. not for all of us, you know, but that doesn't. Just because barefooting isn't an accommodation for all ADHD and or autistic people doesn't mean that it's still not an accommodation for ADHD for autistic any. people. You know, it is an accommodation for ADHD and autism, just not for everyone. Just and like...
5: That, like, I don't... Any need other accommodation can be variable. Extra testing time, that makes it worse. Like, you know, but that's an, that's an ADHD accommodation. You yeah. to get extra testing, long, more testing time. Mm-hmm. But that's not... That would never work for me. You know, I need honestly i frequently need less time but
2: that's besides the point like i have to be like under the wire well and i can understand that because this is like a little off topic but actually really funny um it, like in a way like i think it is what it might be um it me and my like brother were watching these um this video on iq testing and it had examples of iq testing and gives you like 10, 15 seconds or something like that to try to, you know, the guy we like who's doing the video would try to give you like 10, 15 seconds to see if he could figure it out and then tell you what the right answer was. And I could figure out based on pattern recognition right away what it was or what these things were, even things that I don't even know how my brain could calculate. And I'd right. come up with it, but because I'd have all the extra time, I'd sit there and be like, no, it's actually that's probably that's this one. So. And literally, like, talking about, talk you know, my partner would be like, oh, it's actually no, it's quite this one. Or it could be this one. And, like, giving all of these adding reasons to why it could be, only for every time to be like, no, you yeah, have the answer. And then after about halfway watching this video, I was like, i got to stop. It makes make
5: causes even more anxiety, doesn't it? Like, I can't it it even do sense. this. Sometimes,
2: too, as neurodivergent people, however your brain is working and the ways that neurotypical people don't understand, it starts, to create a source of shame, you know, especially when you can recognize Mm -hmm. patterns within other people and things that you can't even fully explain within society, within people, your interactions. That's why we have individuals in general. No, it's probably this way. And then, you know, trying to explain what your brain can compute in a very small, you know, just like snapping your fingers, you know, um, that would take you hours to explain to another person can be, you know, frustrating in its own sense. Um and you know I think it it becomes so easy for us to talk ourselves out of our experiences and things, and so we just need to kind of quit doing that instead of talking ourselves into doing the things that are important to us and the things that are you know of value to our nervous systems and our well being and not worrying yeah. about other people's opinions or perceptions or what they think or what it they have to say um because there's really not much value that's going to come out of that, right than if you just live for yourself and Yeah, then sometimes the first thing that pops in your head is the right way
5: to go. You know? it's just Well other
2: times you know can like I possibly Yeah. And so it's about kind of learning to understand where you're at and like where are you? Because I think sometimes too we can convince ourselves that we're in a better I place than we play. actually are. Uh-huh. Especially if you have executive function issues or neurodivergency
5: hmm yeah like right now i can't even focus on the show without doing
2: something i'm painting my name but that's together. a form of stimming and
5: having that extra form of
2: stimulation which serves a purpose helps focus when you know that nervous yeah. system needs more stimulation to at times to process well sometimes there may be too much stimulation that's causing mm-hmm. sensory or mental overload
5: right and well i, I know i've learned too actually I, bowl, I i've mm-hmm. learned that like for when i bowl on fridays i bowl better when i actually have something to do for work keep my brain focused on that instead of um instead of um just sitting there waiting for my turn like I don't know if I overthink it or if I just like whatever I get bored honestly sometimes I'm just, like waiting for my turn I just sit there and I get bored and then I don't care and I was like whatever but he won last week so I had a list to write out
1: and I'd get up it was
5: my turn I'd get up roll it go right back to my list Roll better than I ever rolled I, I didn't have much to work on last night, so I was like, make it up stuff to do that's frustrating, but then I found that same list that I hadn't finished that I thought I'd finished, so I had to redo it. I started bowling better when I was refinishing it, so if I just have something that's, like, not difficult, it doesn't take much of my mental faculty, mm. but it takes a little bit. So you have the bandwidth do, yeah. to do, but it's still giving me be I do a lot finish. better than when I do, so I've been coming up, by and I've been coming up with things through the week of what I can work on over the weekend, which is really just Friday night, Yeah.
2: So I can have a better volume. Yeah, and it's just like the little that helps balance your workload too when you're all yeah, it's tough to do it it anyway. The activity with it, Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: but I think in general, you know, just barefooting, earthing, and grounding can do so much to just help with emotional regulation, helping remove, you know, some of those negative things that are impacting our nervous Mm systems and our well-being. You know, whether that's, you know, through the electrical energy going to the earth or, you know, just through being able to sit nature and process and sensory seek or have that, you know, sensory influx. And, but then that can be hard, too, to balance where, you know, for me, mostly just, you know, sitting outside where I live, you know, living in an apartment building, that can be hard when there is that, you know, influx um, of stimulation, uh, man-made objects, you know, right, cars, right. air conditioners, things like that.
5: So um Think, like, sort of. Is, and,
2: and for me, though, I've noticed a lot, a lot of, I mean, unless I'm in those places where I just don't want to be socially perceived, that's really yeah. the time when, it's, like, people bother me. But, like, other than that, it's just mostly those man-made objects, the wow. sounds, those mechanical noises that, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I, that's why I think definitely being able to, like, find that time to be fully out in nature does have its benefits if you're somebody that does have, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, these I'm issues sure be over being overstimulated and... But also too, it can give you, you know, positive influx of stimulation while mm-hmm. also removing some of those other negative impacts. Yeah. But even sometimes we can be overstimulated by our own brains, our own mm-hmm. existence. You know, mental overload, you know, is something that can, you know, trigger, you know, meltdowns and things like that. Just like yeah. sensory overload or the mix of the two and feeding in together, um, depending on your experience at that time or you know the factors going on. Um, and so even when you're reaching that mental overload, I think being able to just sit and get the earth just helps, like, calm down my nervous system, help yes. kind of lower everything, release all the ex- excessive, free radical, you know, negative Naturally
0: energy. Re-regulate.
2: You know, that's, you know, just back into the earth and just also to just give your son that places to be able to, like, sensory seek and just allow your brain to unravel. I think nature definitely serves definitely a purpose within, you know, our emotional health our mental health, our physical health and spiritual health or whatever other facets of health that may be, you know, interacting within your life or what those look or what those dimensions and facets of health look for you. You know, nothing is ever one-size-fits-all and it never really will be. Mm -mm. Nope.
5: And usually when I say that tag in clothes, I know I am not one size. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit many. Nope. We're going to stop saying that right now because my brain's going down a different path. We're going to stop that. But, um,
2: you know, so even just being able to find that time to just touch the ground, just be there, however way, you know, even if you have some three issues with the grass, using like a blanket or, mm-hmm. you know, something else you can sit on, you know, or even if walking, you know, in terms of barefooting and earthing isn't something that you can do. Just being able to find that time to sit somewhere and things like that in the grass, you know.
5: Well, I'm like, I've learned, I don't even have to, sometimes I don't have to go very far. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this one spot at the, like, the preserve I frequent and it's about a quarter mile in, yeah. if that, and I just know, like, it's like a hidden spot. And I'll tell anybody where it is. <laughs> if you can find it, then you deserve to be there. If you can't find <laughs> it, well... Oh, but, yeah, so I go there and, like, just sit there for a while. Like, I don't even have to go far to just, you know, see out. So Like, right now, we're just outside in your apartment. It's fine. But we are running out of time,
2: folks. So we will be back next Saturday, usual yeah. time. Yes, I will. <laughs> we will. And, yeah, but just remember there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces. There have never been any laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces. You know, those are you know fear propaganda tactics. Like you know, we talked about generation society earlier. Um, So just remembering that you know, know your rights, stand up for yourself. You know, understanding you know the rights that you have over your body and your autonomy. And yeah, if somebody's got something negative to say, just remind them. You know or educate them just like you know there are no it laws or health here. there are no laws or health codes against the barefoot in the united states therefore i'm not breaking any laws or any store policies um if anything you tell me i can't be here barefooting is actually discriminatory and breaking the law and it's infringing upon my rights um exactly. so however you want to
5: you know word that or say that really be kind help when you can don't be a
2: jerk yeah and that easy yep keep living your best barefoot lifestyle guys um and just Listen to your bodies to the best of your ability. Um, We're coming up on the last couple seconds of the show, so you can check us out at barefootislegal.org and listen back to Barefoot Legal Radio next week. With Lucky Lancelot, you can
1: get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo
1: and we lost track of time. (gasps)